Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message in different ways and so some people when you get money you you turn that into love like you feel loved when people give you money you show love by giving money some people it's security if I have enough money for tomorrow then I think I believe tomorrow will be okay for some people it's success the more money I have the more successful I believe I am um, for some people it's connection they use their money to be able to connect to other people or places or things uh, and then last week, we went a little different direction with this, and we talked about four things that we can convert into currency, and that was our work, that we should all work, that, that we should go to work, and we should work hard, and we should be good at our jobs, and, and not just our work or our labor, but our, our, uh, our wisdom, and we should continue to grow in wisdom. Um, and then products, God may give you products or services at some point during your life that, that you should uh, develop and cultivate and give to the world. And then money, money actually makes money. <clears throat> it was amazing on this fishing trip, here we go, we're, we're just going with it. Um, the, the, the fishing trip was, was uh, the, there was a group of the guys that, let's just say they were, they were over 45 years old. Let's just say that. Let's just, let's just go there, right? And so I was sitting with some of them um, as I was able to talk um, because I wasn't able to talk a whole lot on this trip, which was maybe good for them. And I was sitting there and I was like, hey, so I heard this one time and I just wanted to ask you guys if, this, if you've experienced this. These are guys that are over 45. I was like... I heard one time that, that like Christians who are 50 or older, like the majority of them at some point have had some idea or some opportunity that had they taken it or developed it could have drastically improved their financial situation. And those guys immediately started throwing, oh yeah, this and this. And one guy said, if I would have invested in that stock or that company that I work for, I wouldn't be on this boat. I'd be owning this boat. And, and we have these opportunities, right? We have these opportunities to step into um, a, 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 an anointing, really, to be able to prosper. And so that's some of what we talked about last week. This week, uh, we're going to go a little bit different direction with this. If you have your Bibles, turn to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. If, you, if you've been here a while, you know, big sports fan. You got to know a little bit about sports to get everything out of what we're going to do here today and what we do here at this church. But my favorite NBA player is this guy named Anthony Tolliver. And my second is Steph Curry. But, and, and they're still going to win, by the way. But um, um, my, my favorite NBA player is this guy named Anthony Tolliver. And, and I've loved Anthony Tolliver's story. I've got a chance to meet Anthony Tolliver and actually um, be in... I'd say friends, maybe loosely, but friends. Uh, and, and, but his story is, is what really makes me, makes him my favorite player in many ways. Like he, I, I love what he does on the court. He's not somebody that if you, you know, if you follow basketball lightly, you may have never heard of him, but, but man, he plays so hard. He's a good shooter. Um, he, he's a great teammate and that man, those kind of things on the court make him one of my favorite players. But also off the court, man, I love, he's a Christian. He, he loves God. He, he's passionate about God. And what he's done is something that a lot of professional athletes have not done. You know, many professional athletes, you hear these statistics of once they get done playing they go bankrupt and you're like how you like you had a hundred million dollars how did you lose a hundred million dollars in like four years like how is that even possible but many of these professional athletes they have one stream of income 
and that one stream gets messed up and they don't handle it well and they never diversify it. They only have one stream. They only have one window. And then when that runs out and they make bad choices, then they're out. But Anthony didn't do that. Anthony, um, since he's been able to, has had multiple streams and done multiple things. And God's led him to be involved in multiple businesses such as like Active Faith, which is one of my favorite products. It's a Christian athletic apparel company. And he was on the ground floor of that. And now him and another guy started it. And now Steph Curry's a a third owner in that. And it's just, it's amazing. Um, he has his hand in these tech companies that I couldn't even tell you about because I don't fully understand. His newest one is this big blanket company, which is amazing. Like it's this massive blanket, like 10 grown men can get, I don't know, they wouldn't, but, but uh, I just kind of got out there a little bit too far. Um, t- yeah, 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 yeah. I did catch one fish yesterday. I'm going to reel that one back in. Ten grown adults can get under this blanket, and it's, it's amazing. Um, but he's diversified and had all these different windows. Um, he has this uh, business called Hoops 2.0 where they provide water to people who need water. And, and he's just an investor in so many different ways. And, and today, I want to talk to you a little bit about what he's done and maybe what God may be challenging some of you to do, if not at least um, some of the principles throughout the scriptures of, of what God would like for us. So in Malachi chapter 3, I'm going to read a very familiar verse to, to those of you who have been to church. In verse it says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Now, here in this verse, there's a lot, and we've talked about this, especially over the years, but recently we've talked a lot about this verse. What I want to point out to you today is that God is saying, essentially here, when you handle finances the way he wants you to, specifically he's talking about bringing the tithe into the the local church, Um, number one, you're able to put God to the test. Now, how often do you see God saying, test me? Most of the time, what you see is God saying, believe me, don't test me. You test me, it's, going, it's not going to work out good. But just believe and, 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 and act on faith and walk in faith and live by faith. But here he's actually saying with this, you can test me. But he says when you do that, when you handle the finances that he gives you correctly, he says, see if I won't open the windows of heaven. Not a window of heaven, but windows, multiple windows of heaven. And pour you out a blessing The King James says, pour you out a blessing that you don't even have room enough to receive. That that when you do what God wants you to do with your finances, he opens up multiple windows and pours blessing out of those windows into your life. And so that tells us a few things. Some of these things are obvious, but we need to be reminded. We make sure we understand this. Number one, our blessings, even our financial blessings, come from heaven. They come from God. God is the giver of every good gift. And when you get that paycheck, you believe that's a good gift. Because most of you wouldn't go back to your job if you didn't believe it was a good gift. He opens windows and pours us out a blessing into our lives. But not just one window. So our blessing, our financial blessing, they come from God. And if they come from God, then we need to be seeking God, not seeking those blessings. Because when you seek the blessings, the blessings aren't down here yet. The blessings are up there. You got to go up there and allow God to open those windows up there for them to come down here. See, if you're trying to seek the blessings down here, you're not going to find them. You might find somebody else's blessing. You might find a partial blessing. You might find some crumbs of a blessing. But to actually find the blessing, the financial blessing, it's from up there. 
So you got to point your eyes and your focus and your heart up there. But when you do that, God will open these windows, and not just a window, but, but windows. Now, for most of us, the first window, the primary window, is our, is our jobs, our nine-to-fives, our primary work, our, our labor, and that's a window. And the problem is, many Christians, we stop right there, and we chase the biggest primary window. We say, as long as if, if this money pays the bills, if it's enough, if I can stand it, you know, then if I get a bad boss, I'll just pray them out. And, and I'll just work this, and this will be, and I'll just go to work, and then that'll, that'll be it. And that'll be my window of blessing. And praise God for that. And that, that, listen, that's, that's great. But that's not God's best for you. Here it's telling us that God will open windows, multiple windows, multiple channels, if you will, of blessing. Abraham, when we read about Abraham, he was rich, not in cattle, but not just in cattle, in gold, but not just in cattle and gold, but cattle, gold, and silver, David, David was a harp player, then he was a warrior, then he was a king, and he was blessed in all of those. Multiple windows were open for these men. Today we're going to look at a different one. Go to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. I'm going to show you the third example here of God opening multiple windows for someone. Genesis chapter 39. <clears throat> um, this is the story of Joseph. Joseph was the youngest son of a guy named Jacob whose name was later changed to Israel. And so when I say Israel, I'm not talking about the country, I'm talking about the man. So Joseph was um, the youngest son of Israel, but Israel loved Joseph more than his other kids, especially his other brothers. And his other brothers, they knew this and they got fed up with this. And so they decided um, that they were going to throw Joseph into a pit and eventually sell him into slavery. And then Joseph's taken to Egypt to be enslaved. And then in Genesis chapter 39, verse 2, it says, the Lord, the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. So even while he was enslaved and in this house, he was, the Lord was with him and he was a successful man. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. Not just one thing, but all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him and he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had, listen to this, in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. And then the end of this is interesting. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. So all the ladies were like, yes. He was rich. He was good with his money, and he was handsome and informant. Uh, okay, yeah, y'all, y'all can. But the Lord was with Joseph. Look at how many times we just read the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. Joseph was enslaved, but the Lord was with Joseph. And when we continue reading about Joseph's story for the rest of our time, we're going to see over and over and over again that the Lord was with Joseph. Now, because the Lord was with Joseph, that's the number one reason that Joseph was successful. That's the number one reason that whatever he put his hand to prospered, that all of these things were blessed and successful. That's the number one reason. Do not get that confused. But listen, the Lord is with every one of us that are believers, and he never leaves us, and he never turns his back on us. But just because the Lord is with you doesn't mean that you will be successful financially. 
Y'all ever met a Christian that was broke? (laughs) I have. I've met a lot of them. Now, with the Holy Spirit being on the inside of us and God being with us and never leaving us, it's not a matter of is God with us because he's with us. But for Joseph, we're told over and over and over that the Lord was with him. And that's the number one reason he was successful, but not the only reason. Joseph was a Hebrew that was now in Egypt. So for him to be successful in Egypt as a Hebrew, he had to learn some things. He had to learn language. He had to learn culture. He had to learn customs. He couldn't just do things the way that he knew to do them or the way that they were done um, where, where he was from. He had to learn these things. He had to become good at these things. And the, and the master recognized that he did this. He put in this work of going above and beyond. Okay, I got it. Above and beyond being a slave. But, but still going above and beyond to learn these things and become better and become more marketable and become more valuable to his master. That his master didn't just put Joseph over the finances as as a job or just put Joseph over the organization of the house as a job or just put Joseph over the running of the house as a job but he put him over everything he had multiple windows that he was responsible for and we're going to see that opens multiple windows of blessing in Joseph's life and Joseph took time as his his primary job as a slave and worked to learn and to grow and to develop so that these other areas could be windows. So um, you all, many of you all know the story. Joseph's thrown in jail because of a false claim of Potiphar's wife. And it's actually an amazing story when you read it um, and, and the, the strength and the integrity that Joseph had there. But when you look at verse 22, uh, after this happens in, in Genesis, let's see, Genesis uh, 39, chapter 39, verse 22, it says, And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. And then in verse 23, the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Now, this is so good. If any of you are a boss, you know that if you can find somebody that you can give them something and you just don't pay attention to it, that is a blessing. That is amazing. That is so good. Man, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, know, I know that you all that are bosses, you appreciate that when you, when you find that person that like they can do it and really they can do it better than you and you just don't even have to think about it. That is so good. You know what as a boss you're looking to do? You're looking to give that person more money, more time off, more praise, maybe more windows. So the question becomes, if you're not yet the boss, are you the employee that the boss can just give you something and not have to pay attention to it because you take it and you're so good with it and you're using the spirit of the Lord and the Lord being with you to do it in such excellence not just oh I'm clocking in and clocking out and I'm gonna do the bare minimum because because you do the bare minimum you might have that primary window you might not <laughs> but, but that primary window isn't going to get wider. It's not going to open more windows for you. Joseph here, he, he, he was so good that he could just give it to him. Just give it to him and, and just, just let him go with it. But notice here, he, he, he had lost 
these windows, right? Like he was enslaved and, and, <clears throat> and this was not good, but he did these things and now he was over the house. But then this false accusation, now he's thrown in prison and he loses these windows closed. And now he loses these windows. And what does he do? He doesn't pout. He doesn't go backwards. He actually does what he did before and reproduces what he did before and learns and develops and pays attention and goes above and beyond his primary window to have these other windows open to where now he's not just somebody who can run um, a, a prison, but he's also proven he's somebody who can run the house. He was good at running the house. He was good at running the prison. And then if you go to, over to chapter 41, um, I, I, for time's sake, we can't go through all of this, but chapter 41, verse 38, what's happened here is Joseph then interprets Pharaoh's dreams um, when no one else could. And in verse 38 of Genesis 41, it says, And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? So after he interprets this dream, nobody else can interpret it. Pharaoh's impressed, and, and Pharaoh's like, Can we find anybody else like this? And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. Only in position will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. So, so think about this. Joseph was good at running the house. He learned how to run the house. Then he got thrown in jail. Then he got good at running the jail. And then this other window opens where God allows him to interpret a dream that nobody else could, which then opens this other window where now he's over the whole land, a foreign land, a land that when he got there, he didn't know, he didn't know much about. He didn't speak their language. He didn't know their customs. He had to become accustomed to all this. Had he just been a good slave... He'd have had a window. He might have been able to die and live a good life, as good a life as you could as a slave. But he went for more. And God used him. God was with him to do more and open up all these different windows. Pharaoh said, can we find a man like this in whom the Spirit of God? Joseph got so close to God that he was indispensable no matter what setting you put him in. No matter where man tried to put him, God kept opening more windows, not because he was the smartest or the hardest working or because he was handsome in appearance and form, but because he was so close to God that the Spirit of God was on him in a way where even those in charge said, there is nobody else like this. See, the issue with our ability to prosper financially is not if is God with us, it's are we so connected with God that we know what he's saying. We know what doors he's opening. We know where he's leading us. Are we taking the time to go above and beyond and be, first of all, those employees or those workers that like you give it to me and you don't got to worry about it because it's going to be done the way you want it and better. It's going to be done the way you would do it and better. That's, that's Joseph here. He's now put in charge of the entire land of Egypt. And this is not because he was fortunate. This is not because he was in the right place at the right time. I listened to this podcast called um, How I Built This. And they basically just tell the stories of these entrepreneurs that have built these corporations and businesses into really large businesses and corporations. And one of the questions they always ask at the end is, how much of this do you think was luck? And most of the people, I'm talking about like big corporations, um, like like. Big, big corporations. Most of them say, you know, it's probably about 50-50. 
It's about 50% luck, me being in the right place at the right time or coming up with this product or this service at the right time and this and that. And, and I'm like, no, 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 it's not luck. You may see it as luck, but God opens these windows. He gives us these opportunities, not just windows of time, but windows of opportunities. He wants to open multiple windows of currency for us, blessing to rain down on us, not for us to just sit and pray and we get so close to God that we just open our hands and money falls in it. Like at the end of the fishing trip, we're going to keep coming back to the fishing trip. That's just, that's just what it is. We caught all these big, they caught all these big fish. And you had, a, you had an opportunity to take them and somebody else would scale them and then cut them and, and then just give you what you actually wanted. And, and they, it was $5 um, a fish. But there's just guys out there and like, they only take cash. And then the, the deckhands at the end of, like they're coming around, they're shaking their hands, but they're not really trying to shake our hands. They're trying to get tips, but they only take cash. And me and, and um, two of the millennials that were on the trip, we're sitting there like, who carries cash? <laughs> like, I'm about to look like a jerk because I don't have any cash. We were like, hey, do you take PayPal? Do you, did you cash that Venmo? Anybody? Like, you guys, you got, like these, these fishermen, like, can y'all take, like, can we pay you some other way? We're like, they're taking cash. Like, we, we don't have cash. But sometimes as Christians, we think if we just pray and we just get so close to the Lord, we just open our hands and cash is going to fall. No, no, no. No, 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 that's not, how this is, that's not how this works. This works as you getting so close to God that you don't just sit there with your eyes closed and your hands open, but you get so close to God that you know what he wants you to do with your hands. And you take your hands from being in a posture of prayer and worship, and you turn them and you put them to work. And you go do what he tells you to do. If you never go and do what he tells you to do, you can sit there and pray all day. And you might know God, and you might have Genesis to Revelation memorized, and you might be the most spiritual person. And I'll put a TH on the end of every word you speak. <clears throat> but you may um, just keep praying for finances. Because he gives us the power to get wealth. I, I got to move on. I'm so far behind. So, so Joseph, he, 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 this actually leads Joseph to being able to purchase all of the land for Pharaoh. And so now Pharaoh owns all of Egypt. Um, and, and Joseph is just doing this so amazing. There's multiple financial windows that are open for Joseph. And, and you can go back and read through the rest of the story to see some more of those. Um, but this is not just about like Abraham and David and Joseph. This is also about us. When God gives us the blessing in Deuteronomy chapter 28, when you look at verse 8 through 12, here's what it says. It says, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns. The barns are where they stored the blessing of the day. Not your barn, your barns, multiple barns, and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord God is giving you. So he'll, he'll bless you in your barns. Today it would be more likely our bank accounts, accounts, and in all that we undertake. So not just in what we receive, but all that we go out to do as as, I'm, I'm, I'm adding this, as we grow closer to God, as we obey what he tells us to do. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity, in the fruit of your livestock, which is one of the ways, which is one of the windows of this time that people would, would have these livestock that would actually produce for them and then they could trade and sell and, and, and have uh, what the, the equivalent of our currency. 
Not just in the fruit of your livestock and the fruit of your ground. So not just will your animals produce, but the ground that, they, that you till will produce. And within the land that the Lord sware to your fathers to give you. And the Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the works of your hands. These are multiple windows that are right here in the blessing. And you shall lend to many nations, but shall not borrow. Let me give you one more. Deuteronomy chapter 15, um, verse 7. You can turn there if you want, but I'm gonna, I gotta read it. It says, If among you one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. Take care, lest there be any unworthy thought in your heart, and you say, the seventh year, the year of release is near, and your eye look grudgingly on your poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cried to the Lord against you, and you be guilty of sin. You shall give to him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him, because for this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and, and in all that you undertake. In all your work, all your primary job, all of your primary window, and in all of the other windows that God opens for you. It's right there. It's right there. This is insight into the why of God wanting to open multiple windows for you. It's not just for you to have more. It's so that you can have to give. And there's warning, not just here in Deuteronomy, but throughout the scripture, that when you have it and your heart is hardened to not give it, beware. God's like, hey, you, you, you're tying my hands and you're opening yourself up. Don't do that. Money flows through relationship. It flows through relationship. And, and we don't have time, but there's multiple scriptures that bear this out as well as we see this in our own lives. Money flows through relationships. So God wants you to move into a position of money flowing through you. <laughs> uh, here it comes. So okay, so you're going to get the story. Here's the story. So this was my second deep sea fishing trip. The first one I've told you all about. Many of the guys on the trip didn't remember. But we went out and half the boat, when the first time we went out, got sick. And so I went up to the top, and I just tried to sleep the four hours. I figured if I can sleep, I won't throw up. That's it. If I sleep, I won't throw up. So I slept. And all of a sudden, the, the captain comes on. He's like, we're pulling the anchor up, and we're going back. And, I, and as soon as he said that, he woke me up. Well, the problem with waking me up was all of a sudden now something's going on, and it's going on fast. And it's coming up fast. So I got to run down these stairs. And when I run down these stairs, the end of the boat is here. And so there's people fishing. And their back is to me. And the stairs are there. And I'm running down the stairs and I can't hold it. And it's just, all on the back, all on their shorts. And, and I'm going down the stairs and I'm like, oh, that's nasty. But I got more. So I got to go over here. And I'm just, I'm just, oh. And when I'm finally done, I come back and I look and, and the guy's not there. I never, I don't know what happened. I never got a chance to like even say, sorry, can I give you 50 bucks for new clothes and please don't punch me. Well, so, so that was my experience. So yesterday, I took the, I, I prayed. I took the Dramamine pills. I did the, the bands. I did the oils. 
I waited four hours and I took two more pills because you can take them four to six hours. I'm like, like, it's been four hours? Give me two more. Give me two more. Who's got pills? I need some pills over here. And, uh, and sure enough, after I took the two pills, I didn't even have them down. And all of a sudden, they told you to throw up in the back of the boat. So I'm walking right out to the back. And like somebody opens the door. One coming! Opens the door. And I walk out there. And I mean, it, it was, it was, um, it was a, a Whataburger honey butter chicken sandwich. It was, uh, it was a couple cups of water. Uh, I mean, it was bad. Like, it was bad. It was bad. I hope y'all ate breakfast before you came. And, uh, I mean, it was bad. And so, but, but the problem is, like, you can't stay there because the door may open and somebody else may come. Like, you got to get out of the way. So, like, you do yours, and then I'm standing over on the side, like, I don't think this is over. I don't think this is done. And finally, finally, after a while, I'm looking back, and, like, and, and, and there's people coming. And finally, after a while, I'm like, okay, 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 I get back in. And somebody buys me a Gatorade. Somebody buys me a Gatorade. I'm like, I, I got money. I just don't know where it is, and I can't move. And so somebody buys me a Gatorade. I drink the Gatorade, and then it's time to fish. And we're all out on, this, on the side of the boat, and there's 12 of us out there, probably nine of us out there, because there were a couple other guys that were having my problem. And we were sitting out there, and they were fishing, and, man, they were catching fish. I'm talking about fish and, and, and squid, and, I mean, it's just nasty, and it's just fish coming up on, and, I mean, it's manly stuff. I mean, these guys are like, yeah. And I'm sitting there, and I just finished the Gatorade. I mean, I just finished it, and I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, what color was it? Green? It was Green. Green. It was green. Yeah, it was green. I mean, I took the last sip. I sat there for a good 90 seconds. I took two steps. And I mean, Minister Angelo told me it was coming out of my mouth, my nose. I mean, it would have come out of my eyes and my ears if that were possible. I mean, I'm telling you, a Gatorade has never been in someone so short of a time period. That has got to be the record. I mean, it went in and it came straight back. I mean, straight. It flowed through me. I mean, it went. This is not even doing it justice. I don't know why you didn't record it, man. We could just play it right now. Like, I'm sure everybody wants to see that, right? I mean, this time it wasn't nasty. There was nothing in my stomach except this green Gatorade. It was literally like pouring Gatorade out of my, like, like if you were on this side, I could have just poured it, and you'd have been like, oh, it was the same thing, except for the, oh, like other than that, it was the same thing. But the point was, it was, if you're new here, you're like, what? what? Give me another chance. Give me another chance. But... But in many ways, money should flow through us like that. <laughs> right? Right? Like, God, there's some money that God gives you that you're supposed to spit that right back up. That's not for you. You're not supposed to keep that. And if you try to keep that down, it's going to make you sick, and you're not, you're not going to be able to do anything that God wants you to do. Because if I didn't get that Gatorade out, I'd have been done the rest of the day. And I got to fish for five minutes and caught a fish. I caught one. If you don't believe me, go to my Instagram. I'm pretty sure that was mine. Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. 
it sure felt better to give that Gatorade than to receive that Gatorade. Oh, man. Okay, so this takes time. This takes time. I, I'm, I gotta be done. I gotta be done. I ain't even get to the point of the message. This, is, this takes time. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. At our house, when we, when we make something in the oven, you know, if my, if my wife tells me, and it's not like we're making, like, I'm making, like, for real food. It's like, can you make the boys some chicken nuggets, right? So I go to the bag of the chicken nuggets, and I see how much the temperature it needs to be on the oven, and I type that into the oven, and then I look at the bag, and how long do they need to be in there, and I put that exact time. You know my wife doesn't do that? You know what my wife does? She'd be on the phone, talking to the kids. She'd walk by, not even look at the oven, hit some buttons. I don't even know what she does. Put the nuggets in there before it's even heated up, no timer, no nothing. She'll walk away. She'll go do whatever. She'll just come back randomly, open it, pull it out, and it's perfect. It's the most amazing nuggets you've ever had in your life. Uh, it blows my mind. I do not understand how she does that. But what, many times what we do is we have this primary window of our job, and we want to do like me. We want to say, okay, I'm good. This takes time for me to open other windows. So God, tell me the temperature, and tell me how much time, and I'll, I'll do that, and I'll do that, and I want A, B, C, one, two, three. And God says, listen, listen, I got, I got billions of other kids. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit this over here, and I'll be back for you. You wait. You wait right here in the oven. However hot it gets, you just allow it to get hot. You keep staying. Don't leave the oven, because if you leave the oven, you're not going to be cooked. But just stay there, and when I'm ready, I'll come back. And at the perfect time, I will come back, and I will take you out of that oven, and I will open you up to the world, and you will have those windows open to you. But if you try to put a, if you try to put a formula on God and, and the blessings that he wants to bring in your life, I guarantee you there's going to be a day where you're 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old, and you look back and be like, man, I missed that window because I was so focused on this window and this formula and doing A, B, and C that I couldn't see God was ready to take me out of the oven. It takes time. You can't, you can't rush what God does. But let's be practical with this. Like, we don't have time. None of us have time. We're all too busy. We're all overworked and underpaid, right? But think about this. God built the earth and created the earth and six days, and then he rested on the seventh day. In Exodus 23, Exodus 34, many places even, Jesus speaks about a Sabbath, that there should be one day where we rest and refresh, right? But this is, this is a, a, a poll, a, a very scientific poll um, that I'm going to share with you guys, and it's, it's super accurate, and I know this because it happened on my Facebook page and my Instagram account, so I know it's like for sure accurate because it was Facebook. Like if it's on social media, it's got to be accurate, right? But according to my Facebook page and my Instagram poll, most of us work five days a week. We work five days a week. God tells us that seventh day should be a day of rest and refreshing. That still leaves a sixth day. Because we have two days off from our jobs. And God only requires us to rest one day. He actually tells us to work six days. So what are we doing with that sixth day? That sixth day that God tells us to work, and our job is not requiring us to work. See, what I used to do is one day would be all the house stuff, right? Like, I'm, I'm really handy. So I got I to handle all the house stuff and run all these errands. And those of you who know me, y'all got the joke. The rest of y'all just think I'm handy. I appreciate that. I'll take it. And then one day is rest, and, and, and it's, that's my two days. But God tells us to work six days. 
and rest one day. What happens as believers if we take that sixth day and we work on things that God may use to open other windows? What if we're a professional basketball player and we say, I'm not going to spend all of my time in this primary window because at some point this window will close. I'm going to take my sixth day, my off day, my off season, and I'm going to find out about how to handle my money, how to invest in this, how to do that. I'm, I'm going to find out what God may want from me, what I, can, what I have that he may use, and I'm going to invest my sixth day into myself, into my family, into the kingdom into my future. How differently would our financial lives look in a year, five years, 10 years, if we just took that sixth day that we have free and we protect it to invest in multiple windows? I bet you there'll be a day we look up and we'll be like Brandon and Shalika and like they have 52 windows. I, don't, I can't even tell you about their windows because they have so many different windows. I, you, you'll look up a day, and, and you're going you're gonna to see him after service. M my man, um, y'all yeah, know. He doesn't know. He thinks I'm forgetting his name, but I'm not forgetting his name. I'm just not good with pronouncing names that are not Evan or Keith or. <laughs> he has a business <laughs> called Red Letter Company, and so he works a full-time job, and on his sixth day, he creates shirts like these. That you're going to get in hats and products. And God has led him to this. And he's using his sixth day to not just open more windows for him and his family and their future, but for the kingdom of God. So that people like you and me, we can wear shirts like these for a decent price and be able to have conversations about God and be able to advance the kingdom and still look cool. Y'all probably look cooler than I will. But, but he's taken his sixth day. He's not quit, he didn't quit his job. He, he, he took his sixth day and over a year ago and is now developing this business that God led him to and God is blessing. Because he didn't take his sixth day and sit back. He's got little kids and a wife who get hungry and some kind of landlord that expects, whether it's a landlord or, or a mortgage that expects a payment to be made. But he's also got a vision and a future for what God wants to use him to do in the kingdom. And he said, I'm not going to waste my sixth day. Your sixth day, you may not have time for a sixth day. You may have time for a six hour, an hour in a day or a half a day. But, but whatever it is, block that out. Invest in it. And here's how you start. Here's how you start. I'm so out of time. Here's how you start. You start in prayer. Start in prayer. Use that time on that sixth day, maybe the entire day, to just go to God and pray. God, is there another window that you want to open up? Is there something you want me to study? Is there something you want me to learn? Is there something that you want me to do? And, and, and as he leads you, then begin to use that sixth day to act those things out. And you'll get to the day where maybe you're like Minister Angelo and Minister Ebeth, where you're building a studio. I don't know. I hope I can say, You're building a studio in your house so that you can do all these other six-day works, these six-day projects. Because here's what you can't do. You cannot take time from your primary job to do your six-day work. I'm saying that for all of y'all, including Minister Angelo. <laughs> he knows I'm half joking, but, but he wouldn't do that anyway. But, but that's the thing, like, like this has got to be a six-day thing, not, not a, not a, not a, I replaced, like I became, I, 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 my performance at my job went down because I got this other project. No, no, no. No, no, no. You, you got to still have that window as long as God opens that window. But you got to use that sixth day, that time that you don't think you have, to invest in what God may open up as a second window. 
And if we will do that, listen, it won't just be about you or this church, or, but it'll be about the kingdom. The kingdom will be advanced. The kingdom will be going forward. All year, God's been reiterating to us that we need to be intentional. We need to live intentional. We need to be intentional with our currency, with our energy, with our time. We need to realize that everything that you say yes to, you are simultaneously saying no to something else. So when you say yes to a second off day, you are saying no to a six-day work, to a six-day project. When you say yes to more sleep, you are saying no to more prayer. Mm. I'm going to read the rest of this from down here. A wise use of time is not to be determined by what you think is wise, but what God says is wise and what he's speaking to you about what's wise in that time. So seek him for your sixth day. Remember, if you need more currency, God most often doesn't give you more money. He gives you another assignment. He opens another window for you. And just be ready to walk through that assignment with faith. Every head bowed, every eye closed in prayer. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.